and welcome to Make Sense, a podcast where we focus on one of our five senses. Each week, we'll chat with a new guest and explore their experiences and relationship to that sense. I'm Chanel Miller. And I'm Karen Chi. This week, we're talking about smell with our guest, comedian Aparna Nanchurla, who's joining us later on. But first, Karen, how has your week been? My week has been pretty good. What's been your experience with smell lately? Okay, I had a really delightful smell experience a few days ago because I went out to buy, you know, those index cards that are on a key ring Mm -hmm. and you can sort of carry them around because I've been trying to broaden my vocabulary. (laughs) Is that really dorky? I've been trying to broaden my vocabulary. So I went out to get that so I can memorize flashcards when I'm on the subway. Um, And when I walked into Staples, I forgot it's prime back to school shopping time and the maybe staples always smells like this but it just felt like you know all the school supplies like all the fresh notebooks all the like mechanical pencils which they still sell it just smelled like school in a way that made me feel very thrilled it was really it was really exciting i'm like shivering from excitement how about you what is something you've smelled lately i went to home depot and i remembered being young and running errands with my dad and loving the smell of Home Depot. It's this very like potent cedar, sawdusty smell and I love it. And then he and I would also always go to Leslie's pool supply and I was addicted to the smell of that like sweet chlorine. And I remember while he was shopping, I would walk out of the store, then walk back in to like re-smell it. And just go <laughs> and, um, and just like reset my whiffs again and again. <laughs> I love that. That's such a sweet thing to get out of a store. That was my Sunday morning. Like... <laughs> so you would go in the store, smell it, have a good time, get used to the smell. So you have to go back yeah, out. Yeah, I was like, oh man, the buzz is gone. <laughs> <laughs> Great, great, great. Sounds like an entryway drug <laughs> for more smells. <laughs> um, well, Chanel, are you ready? Should we welcome our guest? Yes. All right. Let's all say hello and welcome to our guest, Amparna Nancherla. Yay! Hi! Thank you for having me. Aparna, would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners? I'm Aparna Nancherla. I'm a comedian, uh, actress, writer. Um, for listeners, Aparna is a stand-up comedian with specials on Comedy Central and Netflix. As mentioned, she is a prolific actor and also voiceover actor from shows like The Great North and BoJack Horseman. And most importantly, she has a book that is coming out and maybe out by the time we release this, actually. And it's called Unreliable Narrator, Me, Myself, and Imposter Syndrome. Thank you. That's all true. <laughs> And it may seem random to have Aparna on for our smell episode, because it is. But it'd be fun to talk to Aparna about literally anything. And so we thought it'd be fun to ask her questions that she hasn't been asked before, specifically a deep dive on her olfactory senses. So this one seemed like the funniest and most delightful choice. Um, So this week, our episode is focused on smell. So we want to know, Aparna, where you are calling from and what you can smell from where you are right now. Ooh. Okay. I am at my home in Los Angeles. 
Where can I smell? Uh, when you guys were talking about office supplies, I was feeling viscerally excited because <laughs> I love like stationery and stuff. I love because I'm sort of in our study, I guess, in my home, I would say. And I'm surrounded by pens and paper so I can sort of lightly smell those things. Mm. But also like, do you feel like computers have an odor? I feel like I lightly smell a computery odor. Yes. That kind of chromey smell, yeah. especially yeah. the smell of chrome. The, the really, um, when you had those desktop computers that were more like stones and they would warm up and hum, yes. that's a yes. smell. Mm. Yes. I kind of associate that with the library for some reason, because I feel like they still have some of those computers, but that smell mixed with books, oh. It makes me so And happy. in the library, you have to add layer of carpet. That's in there, too. Yes. yes. The carpet and all its secrets. Yeah. I also feel like library books are such a peculiar mix of, like, very hand oil touched paper and yes. the, like, plastic wrap. It's such a yes. strange combo. Yes. <laughs> I know. I'm like, do they still do the plastic wrap? Yeah. For some reason, I'm like. Did they phase that out? No, I think they still do it. I think they still do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I almost bought one of those laminators to do that to my books at home because I, <gasps> love, I, love, I love having books like that. Yeah. I remember uh, we would visit India growing up. My family would because our cousins lived there. And for all their school books, they would have to wrap them in paper. I don't know if it was required, but maybe it just makes it last longer. But they would basically have to laminate it, but just with, yeah, regular paper. Because I guess laminators were hard to come by. Mm. We did that, too. In, in the Bay you Area. Did that too? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I think it was specifically because they were school textbooks and they would get passed yes. down. Um, yeah. And you can see, like, the names of the people who had it before. <gasps> Yes, 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 yeah, yes. And it always felt yeah. like, oh, my God, I got a cool kid's textbook or something <laughs> like that. We had some that were wrapped in recycled brown paper bags. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. that? Yeah, that's usually the type of paper. Yeah. yeah, it would be like that. Yeah, lunch sack paper. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aparna, we wanted to ask, do you have a strong sense of smell? That I, I was thinking about that going into this interview and... and I don't know where my sense of smell is on the spectrum. I thought I had a good sense of smell, but my fiance has like a hound dog sense of smell. So I don't like, I feel like I can't compete in, <laughs> in my household. And is that why you got engaged? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I need someone who can smell gas. <laughs> what do you usually smell like? And what do you wish you smelled like? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I actually, um, I think I want to hope that I smell okay. Cause I feel like that when you're a kid, that's sort of like one of the first things you learn about could be wrong with you is that you smell <laughs> and so I think I've always been like do I smell like what what do other people smell when they're around me because if I've ever smelled someone else I'm like well that that's happening to other people with me what do I smell like I have no idea what I smell like but I use I've started using like natural deodorant like a lot of people so I don't think that helps my case <laughs> 
<laughs> if there were a perfume or a deodorant that was called the Aparna, what, what, what would that smell like? <laughs> what would you want it to smell like? The components of it. I think probably like books because that feels like neutral yeah. and not offensive, Yes, but also not like cloying, like, you know, like fuchsia or whatever that that bath and body works <laughs> and the cool cucumber <laughs> oh, yeah, the cool cucumber. but i'm imagining though now if if that did exist it would be us going to like i don't know like cvs to the natural deodorant section and there's one <laughs> smell that just says books and you rub that in your pits <laughs> cool 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 normal <laughs> I don't know why that feels safe. It's a good answer. It's a great answer. Because <laughs> I guess I think of, I don't live in New York anymore, but I think of like the subway when it's really crowded and you're pressed up against a bunch of people. And I'm like, what would be one thing to smell like that would not be off-putting? Books seem safe. <sighs> okay, well, speaking of childhood, let's imagine you are coming home from school and walk in what's coming out of the kitchen or what do you hope what kind of smell do you hope will like assault you in the kitchen when you come home I mean I was lucky in that I grew up uh with just eating Indian food at home so I feel like um anytime I came home there was like the after aroma of something that I'd just been cooking or was you know cooling on the counter so a lot of like curries and yeah I feel like Indian food obviously is known for its spices and it has a very uh noticeable aroma so I think it would usually be some combination of that mm. that sounds so nice so if you associate that Indian food smell with your home whenever you go to an Indian restaurant do you immediately feel like ah, I'm at ease <laughs> you... a little bit yeah. I think there is like a certain aroma even that I associate with India like there's just this kind of like certain combination of ingredients in the air I can't even like like you know you know when you recognize it you recognize it but then it's hard to explain to another person but I think like it is kind of a there's definitely spices thrown in there yes yes I know what you mean I which feels like kind of embarrassing to say because I'm like I feel like that's what a racist person would be they'd be like your people in their curries I'm like well yeah that is our thing. and to walk into like if I walked in a Chinese restaurant and someone's like do you feel like you're at home I feel like I'd be like no it would be really weird because if I that's true we walked into a restaurant that's the same like ethnic cooking as our home cooking if somebody from your ethnicity was like do you feel at home I'd be like yes thank you that's so thoughtful and if it wasn't I'd be like how dare you absolutely not my home smells like grass I smell like books and my home smells like chrome. Thank you very much. <laughs> Continuing with your childhood, we wanted to ask. So you mentioned yeah, yeah. um you mentioned that, you know, your smell was one of the first things that you worry about being wrong with you. Yeah. When did that really kick into gear? Was it was it in middle school? I think middle school was probably when when it feels like everyone started being very hyper-conscious of their bodies and like what their bodies were doing. And I think maybe body odor became more of an issue around middle school. But I feel like I worried about smell even earlier on. Maybe I, maybe I do have a pretty 
like I do use scent, smell as a big way of navigating through the world. So mm. I think maybe I'm just very aware of like other people's smells, my smells. What am I smelling right now? For some yeah. reason, smell and childhood just make me think of like kids going like P-U, you know? that's like the language they speak yeah and like waving your hand in front of your nose like that (laughs) felt like a very (laughs) because one of the meanest things you can say as a kindergartner is like you have a stinky butt and it's like oh my god (laughs) how do they know I know, I know. I'm like, that is probably the most accurate time period in which you do probably kind of have a stinky butt. That's true. They're just saying facts. Yeah, yeah. Can anyone smell acts without thinking of middle school? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But wait, I might be a little older, so I'm like, did acts come? Oh. it might have been high school yeah oh. a little later mm-hmm. yeah I do remember like certain guys having like light sense that I was like okay <laughs> this is working <laughs> is there a way that a man or anybody could smell that or you're like oh no like absolute turn off hmm yeah, I mean, you mean just like in that is not already like a, like a bad, like rotten eggs or something. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any bad smell. I, I mean, I, I'm i not the kind of person. I know some people where it's like even if their Uber driver is wearing something too strong, they'll have to like open all the windows. I don't think I am that sensitive, but. I do think if someone's wearing too much cologne or something where it's hard to smell anything else, that can be a, a bit much. Mm, that makes sense. Though I do remember once on the subway, someone was smelling something, uh, wearing something really good. And I did walk behind them for longer than was socially acceptable <laughs> just so I could keep smelling. Wait, like you followed them out of the subway? Yeah, yeah. Was it your stop? I did. I mean, it was my stop. Like I was getting off as well, but like I made, I went out of my way to go behind them a little bit more, longer than I needed to. A partner is a smell stalker. <laughs> well, since you recently moved to LA from New York, can we do some comparisons yeah. about like your daily walks through the world? What kind of smells you're encountering? I mean, I live more in a, uh, like a residential neighborhood than, and I live more in a kind of busy, um, intersection in New York. So I definitely smell like less traffic here and more just like trees and bushes, which is really lovely. And I think I didn't realize how much I really find those things pretty comforting. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you cr- intentionally create smells in your house? That sounded so weird. I mean, like, oh. do you have candles? We do have candles. I feel like we have very, um, what are those? Uh, I guess less like a, br- a brown sugar vanilla and more like a pine forest sort of candle. Oh, nice. I feel like those are in now where it's like, you know, it'll be like, 
blacksmith's like blacksmith's office or something <laughs> that's a horrible example but it, i don't know it's like i feel like they've gotten more masks. no i know what you mean and i okay i have a theory which is i think for a long time it was women have to smell like flowers and men smell yes. like trees and now yes. i think women are becoming trees as well yes no i think you're right yeah but yeah i love it i love candles that are like this is a, a ocean spray or you know because i'm like what is, what is even in this yeah, cranberry juice ocean spray yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um could you come up with if, if you had to make candle names what would the top three be oh my gosh three Karen? <laughs> uh. <laughs> number one is blacksmith's office i like because yeah. blacksmith's office is the pine forest like that's correct that's true i was trying to think of what where they work and i literally could not think of the words i was like office <laughs> i wanted to say tavern but a forge it isn't a tavern a drinking place yes okay yes it definitely is this is us being coastal elites not knowing what would i need my candles i think i would be really um annoying and name them like uh human names and then people would be like how am i supposed to know what this smells like <laughs> like reggie and like um <laughs> patrick and i don't know what does the patrick smell like uh i feel like patrick i don't know for some reason to me patrick would smell like um fresh bread oh. mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is tricky because I feel like there's nothing better than the smell of a bakery. Like if you walk by a bakery or something and that smell. But then one of my first jobs, I was a cashier at like a chain bakery. And because I had to get there so early, I started to hate that smell. And that made me so sad. Oh, do you still feel that way about that smell? No, no. It, like I, I work through it in therapy. <laughs> But for that period, for that summer, I was just like, ugh, muffins again. I feel like there's a fine line between, like, lovely bakery and, like, warm, off-putting yeast. That's true. Mm. Like, people hate the Subway bread smell. I still think it's great. What's Subway bread? Oh, I thought, like, like not the, in the, the Subway. The, yeah. <laughs> I was like, who sells bread in the Subway? You know, the, the bread the rats make. <laughs> subway bread yeah 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 i don't even think of it as bread almost i know people are like that's not bread i'm like well they're doing something right with the smells for me yeah it's like a pool noodle that's been like soaked and like re-hardened and bleached <laughs> but they also have like the otis spunkmeyer cookies i think which also i think people have mixed feelings about i also still love them mm -hmm. Aparna, how often do you go to Subway? I haven't even been in a long time, but clearly it's left an impact. <laughs> Are there kind of smells like that that you recall from specific moments or periods of your life? I think maybe that is why I remember Subway, because <laughs> sometimes when we were going home from school, my mom would be like, do you want to stop at Subway? And we'd be like, yes! <laughs> we want sandwiches! 
<laughs> but yeah, I'm trying to think what are other smells. Actually, the pool smell that you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. Chanel, that is a very notable smell I remember from childhood of like walking into the pool and being hit with that chlorine. Um, it's such a strong, like particular smell. Uh, well, we want to talk about your book. Oh. And we wanted to know like how you went about structuring it. I'm always curious about this when people write books of yeah. essays. Um, did you just have a pile of anecdotes or stories and then sort them by theme? Or did you have like little seeds of ideas that you expanded on into essays? And then how did you organize them? Like, what is the organizational process of this? Yeah, I mean, I would say writing this book felt pretty messy. So it was more the second way you mentioned it was like seeds of ideas. And then I would start writing it. And sometimes it'd be like, oh, there's definitely something here. But then there were lots of like starts that didn't really go anywhere. I think for me, because I'm not, uh, you know, I haven't done a ton of essay writing, but I think I had to learn kind of that you need somewhat of an arc because I was like oh I can't just do like you know 5,000 tweets in a row (laughs) (laughs) like I feel like I had to yeah sort of make my uh weave it together into something more coherent because I think I am a very rambly writer and so a lot of it was just getting vomiting it onto the page and then I had to kind of go back in and make it make sense are you ever surprised by how much you have to say on a certain topic like you'll sit down and be like well I didn't even realize I had so many thoughts about this thing I think so but I also have those moments where I'll have an idea and I'll be like I can't believe no one's ever written this before and then and then I'll read it the next day and I'll be like (laughs) like that's not even it's not even an idea (laughs) let alone original (laughs) but I feel like you need that sort of delusion when you're writing or you would never write anything (laughs) when you're writing jokes how does writing a joke for knowing that it's going to be read how does that differ from the joke that you're writing that you know you will stay on stage well, that's actually a tricky thing that I think if I had gone, if I got the chance to write this book over somehow, I think I would have actually read more of it out loud as I was writing it. I think I didn't do that, but I think it actually would have been really helpful because because I do stand up, which you hear stuff out loud so much that you write, it kind of helps you edit it in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have actually been a helpful way to... Because then when I was reading the audiobook for this, I was just like, oh, dang, I used this word again. <laughs> Wait, can you edit all your audiobook as you're saying it? Do you kind of just improvise new sentences? You can't. Oh, no. They don't let you. So for our listeners right now, would you recommend that they maybe hold off on this book and read your next one after? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or just listen to the audiobook um, and be like, she... She does not stand by this. <laughs> I was when I was reading my audiobook, I found a typo yeah. in the manuscript that you cannot change. <gasps> I found seven, but one of them was oh. card wash instead of car wash. And I was card like, whoa. 
I feel like your book was so sincere and well told though, Chanel, that I'm sure somebody, yeah. whoever was reading it was like, there must be a thing called a card wash that yeah, I just yeah, don't totally. know about. I even had a section where like there was a the and an and together and I was like, well, I was reading it out loud. I was like, the and? And then, but then I was like, you know, people are going to be crying so hard. They're just going to be yes, like, whoa, totally. like, won't even be nitpicking it and their brain's going to be all scrambled so that's what you have to do you have to like emotionally obliterate them so that they don't notice that they welcome the typos they're just like oh a little break (laughs) thank god (laughs) what was your um experience reading your audiobook because you're like in a little studio i'm assuming with a sound engineer and a director sound engineer director love both lovely but i had never met them before and it felt it it did feel like a weird form of punishment (laughs) i think if you write anything vulnerable and then it's like and now read it in front of two strangers who will hardly ever react it does you're like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me is it hard not getting any feedback because you are reading into complete silence like how how did yeah. you I had to like hype hype myself up I felt really self-conscious totally. because I was like I'm gonna Me talk too. for six hours like do they even want to hear yeah. this like how is it going and you don't get any response because they're being respectful but it's very hard to like uphold your confidence for that long totally like I had, uh, the, you know, they had it on a music stand and I was sitting down and I just made it so I could not see them at all. So I just kind of pretended I was by myself because I couldn't. And then I would feel like I would get in a flow and then she'd be like, oh, you said you said this word wrong. And I'd be like, oh, there's people here. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Like, I felt like I was doing a bad job, but they were actually, like, really nice. They were like, you're doing great. But I was like, I am? Like, what is happening with other people? This doesn't feel good. (laughs) (laughs) But they did tell me one story of um, that someone did one of those, like, long fantasy novels where there's, like, a million different characters, like, sort of Game of Thronesy thing. And it was like, you know, 500 plus pages. And then the actor or the voice actor got to the end. And then he was just like, oh, wait, oh, no. this character is supposed to be British. <gasps> that- <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's so devastating. Did they have to go back and redo it? I think That's so. That's unbelievable. <laughs> what do you think is the word that people will be like, yes, Aparna said this word? Oh, I do use the word fuck shit one time. Whoa. Yeah. It really felt like you went into another character just in that <laughs> moment when you said it. I think as I use it one time, I use it in quotes. And then afterwards in parentheses, I'm like, I hope I use this right. <laughs> if your book had a smell, what would you want it to smell like? Oh, I mean, it is about self-doubt. So I'm like, I guess it would smell like um, flop sweat or whatever that sweat is when you're like, oh, God, I'm in over my head. <laughs> yeah. And I, meanwhile, I smell like books. <laughs> oh, ironic. <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> 
So we're going to move into the drizzle round. And okay. we think that lightning rounds are way too fast and yeah. rushed. So the drizzle round is a light rain. So we're going to deliver a pitter-patter of questions. And obviously, it's marshmallow. <laughs> so what what would you be down to smell for like a long period of time? You're just marinating in it. I think the smell of fresh laundry. Mm. Oh. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Freshly washed sheets. Do you use a specific detergent? I think I use like uh, one of those eco-friendly detergents. So a lot of those don't even have smells. So maybe I just miss <laughs> the smell of like a good corporate <laughs> toxic detergent. <laughs> great, great. And what is something that you never want to smell again? Oh, um, my... Uh, one time our cats had diarrhea and that's <laughs> it's so bad it's so bad <laughs> when you're doing stand-up um what do microphones smell like and what do you wish they smelled like sometimes I feel like they smell like the last comedian's oh. breath or like someone's breath mm -hmm. and I hate that and then I hate it even more when I accidentally get too close to it mm -hmm. and then I'm like now it, that's in my mouth <laughs> you're basically kissing the last comedian yeah, yeah 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 and I remember during the pandemic they would have these covers you could put over the mics that they the disposable ones that they would hand around and I was like oh maybe we should always do this yeah that's a good point. They sort of covered the smell. When I did a show with Pop Up Magazine during the pandemic, everyone had the little, little black foam ball in a Ziploc bag oh, backstage, yeah. and you're like, "I'm gonna go pick up my ball and get my get ready for my piece." <laughs> yeah, I know a comedian who brings his own microphone every time. He just plugs it into the yeah the thing himself, and I'm like. Should we all be doing that? Do you that? think he has a little case for it, like a clarinet? He do, he has a little Ziploc uh, baggy pouch. Is that for yeah. sanitary reasons, or does he have, like, maybe. reverb or something on his own thing? <laughs> I think it's just maybe sanitary reasons. Yeah. Okay, wait, going off of this, we had a follow-up question, which is, who is the best-smelling comedian you have encountered? Oh, my gosh. That's tough. So many weird smells in comedy. <laughs> I don't know. Like no one comes to mind off the top of my head. I'm sure that I don't. I'm not saying they all all comedians smell bad, but I can't think of one who smelled particularly like incredible. Karen was hoping she would. You'd say her. <laughs> like I'm like getting closer to the screen. <laughs> you can't think of anybody. <laughs> I think my friend Joyelle, I feel like, always smells good. Yes, yes. Joyelle Nicole Johnson? Yes, yes. We'll shout out her smell. I also feel like one time I hugged Emmy Blotnick, and she had on a nice oh. perfume. Okay. Yeah. Emmy and Joyelle, congratulations. <laughs> I just remembered somebody once made a joke, because my name is Chanel, about if I smell good all the time. And I was like, no. <laughs> you were like, No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Nope. <laughs> um, <laughs> is there a thing you read about in a book or seen in a movie that you'd like to smell in real life? Oh, that's a good. Let's see. I think um, 
any any sort of like fantasy movie like I feel like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or like Harry Potter where they where they have some sort of magical food or it's like magical candy I think I always am like oh I what does it smell like (laughs) you're shaking your fist at the screen (laughs) I'm always like in books like the whenever authors like go into detail about like the food that people are eating I just like want to smell it so badly yes have you ever read Redwall yes that's exactly what I was thinking oh my of. God, the, the food descriptions are like pornographic it's incredible it's like elderberry cream on toasted acorns yeah yes. it's so good <laughs> uh and our final question is do you have anything you can recommend for our listeners to go out into the world and smell that's a great question I would I think maybe moss I feel like people don't associate a smell with moss but it it smells kind of comforting it's like an earthy sort of it's like a combination of dirt and trees Mm -hmm. yeah I find it very soothing yeah well I have another question that maybe we can put into the middle section earlier but I know you (laughs) said that you um write a lot about self-doubt as a theme but you are constantly grappling with it because you still show up all the time anyway. And so I was wondering if you had anything you'd want to share about like how you temper that self-doubt voice. Cause it seems like you're living with it, not like conquering it completely. Um, yeah. Um, as you're making your work. Yeah. I, that's, I think a lot of it is just kind of getting out of my own way because I think my problem is I get so caught up in like even starting that it almost helps to just do the thing because then it usually proves that it was like nowhere as bad as I built it up to be in my head. So a lot of times it's just kind of trying to ignore the like resistance and or just being like, yeah, maybe it's going to suck, but let me just start anyway. And then and then usually my frame of mind changes. So yeah, I think the trick for me is just starting. That's a perfect place to end. That's it from us. Aparna, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I feel like now I'm more, uh, I'm going to be so tuned into my nose for the rest of the day. That's our dream. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Make Sense with Aparna Nanturla and of course with us, Chanel and Karen. We hope we've encouraged you to go into the world with your senses wide open. Make sure to check out Aparna's new book. And we'd also love to hear from you. So send a one to three sentence description of something you've experienced to makes.sense.pod at gmail.com and we might share it on a future episode. Have a great week. Smell you later. Our producer is Kelly Wessinger. Our engineer is Jack Inslee. Our theme music is by Zakar Valaha, Michael, and Top Flow Production. Don't forget to like and subscribe. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. 